Hey there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 160 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. In this episode, I get to share with you an interview between myself and my very good friend, Molly Wheatley. And the really exciting thing about this episode is we got to record it together live in her home office. I cannot wait to take you through the eight-step Burned In process as a teacherpreneur and a teacher. Let's go. Hey there, I'm Amber Harper former burned out teacher turned teacher burnout coach. Dedicated to helping other teachers like you to grow through your burnout and take your next best steps toward what you want from your career in education and in life. After an embarrassing emotional breakdown in front of my teacher besties, I knew something needed to change and that something was me. I decided that I wasn't going to settle for burnout as my sentence as a teacher, mom, wife, or friend. And I knew it was going to take way more than practicing conventional self-care to make the progress I wanted to make. No amount of manicures, bottles of wine, or bubble baths was going to save this girl. Fast forward to a few years later, and I've used everything I've learned about teacher burnout and personal development to write a book, build a course, and lead a community of burned-in teachers who refuse to settle for a life of burnout as their forever reality. I've used my burnout as an opportunity to become an active participant in my life, in the classroom, and here on the mic, using all that I've learned to teach kids and serve teachers. And you can do the same. The Burned In Teacher Podcast is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support to help you grow through your burnout and live a happier, more fulfilled career and life. So take a deep breath, my friend, because you're about to take your next best step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Let's dive in. Hey there, welcome in to episode 160 of the Burned In Teacher Podcast. Before I share the interview with you, I wanted to give you a little bit of background knowledge on how this all happened. So a few months ago, I was uh, I had a school reach out to me from Putnam County, uh, Missouri, and they asked me to come and speak to their teachers. They had done an entire school book study on hacking teacher burnout. And we got to work out all of the details and it finally, we nailed down the date and it happened to be October 3rd, which was the first Monday of our week-long fall break from school. So it was absolutely the perfect opportunity for me to meet with teachers face-to-face and go a little bit more in-depth into the eight-step process with them since they had already read the book and I got a chance to answer their specific questions on how I could, they could apply this process to their own specific challenges. But immediately after, I should say, and immediately after, I got off the phone um, with the um, with the secretary for the um, for the superintendent. I immediately got on the phone and called Molly, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you aren't going to believe this, but I'm going to be presenting two hours away from you in the beginning of October, and I would love to come and visit you in person. I hope this isn't weird." And of course, she was like, "This is not weird at all. 
let's do it. So we um, so we planned ahead. We um, we had a great weekend together, and she was such a phenomenal host. She's such a good person, and I got to hang out with her and her husband Mike. We did all sorts of Columbia, Missouri things, um, but mostly just hung out and talked about our yeah, similarities in life, um, how much we love being teachers, and how much we love running teacher businesses where we get to serve teachers so hard. You are our people, and um, and then we decided that we were going to record a couple of YouTube videos for her channels, and then of course this podcast episode for all of you. So what I'm going to do is I actually take her through the burned-in process, and I ask her specific questions from each of the steps and how it is that she applies this process to her own life. Because not only is Molly a fifth grade teacher, she's also the CEO of Literacy Fundamentals, where she helps teach teachers how to... Um, up their game with literacy instruction. She's also the CEO of mollyweetly.com where she helps teachers to start and run their own tutoring business. She's been a successful tutor for many years and she teaches teachers how to do that as well. We're going to include all the information in the show notes. You know, that's a lot to balance. It's a lot to balance for me as well to be a full-time teacher and to be the CEO of Burned In Teacher where obviously I help teachers to process their burnout so they can live a happier and more fulfilled career and life. And it's a lot. So the burn-in process, you know, I, I'm very honest and genuine when I say I created it for myself and teachers like me who want to continue to stay in the classroom amidst all of the challenges. So, and and please know, Molly and I wanted to be very clear that even if you're not a teacherpreneur, this is a really applicable epi- episode for you because we are balancing a lot of things outside of teaching. And I think that what Molly has to say, and I will kind of share my own input and my own way that I use this process um, throughout this interview, is that it really does matter how you spend your time and your energy and the actions that you take outside of the classroom that help you to be able to be an energetic, happy, joyful teacher and mom and wife and all of the other things that we've got going on in our very busy lives as human beings in this career and in this life. I just can't wait to share this interview with you. It was so fun to do this interview side by side to get to look at each other and like be in the same room. It was just, there's a lot of really great energy in this interview. So without further ado, let's dive into my interview, my live interview with the Molly Wheatley. Hey, Burned In Teachers, welcome to this episode and this YouTube video that Molly Wheatley and I are recording together live. Uh, We are so excited to do this. We are going to be talking about eight ways to balance balance life as a teacher entrepreneur, teacherpreneur as we call it. And I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast and my YouTube channel, and I'm so happy to be a guest on your YouTube channel because we're we're going to multi-purpose this content. Yes, exactly. So thanks for being on my channel too. Yeah, so just so we cover all our bases, I am the Burned In Teacher at Burned In Teacher on Instagram. You can learn more about me at burnedinteacher.com. And I am at Molly A. Wheatley on Instagram and TikTok, and mollywheatley.com is where you can find me. All right. So let's dive right in. Let's do it. So as you may or may not know, Molly and I met each other on Instagram. I invited her to be on my podcast a few years ago, and our friendship has just blossomed over our multi-passionate passions. (laughs) We love teaching. We're both teachers in the classroom, and we both have online businesses. 
So one thing that we get asked a lot is like how we manage it all and how we balance work and life and teaching and teacherpreneurship. And it's hard. Very hard. Like we talk about it all the time. So what we decided that we wanted to do is um, is kind of go through my eight step process and kind of talk about how it is that we process balancing everything and our hardships. So I'm going to be asking Molly a lot of questions and I'll just kind of jump in and give my two cents as well. And of course, if you want to learn more about the burned in process, you can go to burnedinteacher.com. We also want to make sure you understand that even if you're not a teacherpreneur, this work life balancing is hard. Definitely. So if you are multi-passionate, you have passions outside of the classroom and you're trying to figure out how you can balance everything, this is going to be a good episode for you too. Yes, I think so as well. Okay, so let's dive right in. So the burn-in process, I will tell you each of the steps, the titles of each of the steps as I'm asking her the questions. And these are just small little snippets of questions that I would ask anybody if I was, you know, actually coaching them through this process. Okay, so we're going to talk about life as a teacherpreneur and life in the classroom. And both of us will share our perspectives on that. So we're going to start with B. B stands begin uh, for begin where you are. And this is all about like identifying how long you felt this way, you know, where you are literally in your life and where you are in your teaching career or your teacherpreneurship journey. Um, so we're going to first talk about um, what burnout type do you find yourself associating with the most? So there are three different burnout types. There's burned and unbalanced, which is like lack of balance, right? Like uh, you're working all the time. So much to do, not enough time to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, burned and over it is where you put in all of this work, hours and hours and hours, and you're not seeing the results that you want to see. Um, by the way, let me mention, like, teacher burnout, of course, is a real thing. But entrepreneurial burnout is a real thing because you put your blood, sweat, tears, time, energy into certain things. And sometimes it just doesn't work. And sometimes you have them both at the same time. Oh, my gosh, totally. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And uh, the third type is burned and bored. So this is where, like, you want a challenge, you want a change, you keep moving the goalpost for yourself, but um, you don't maybe know exactly where that change needs to come from. Mm-hmm. So where do you find yourself kind of falling whenever, like, which which type do you find yourself falling into? Yeah, and you helped me a lot with this because I didn't really know where I was. And, and once I figured out my burnout type, then I could move forward with mm-hmm. the next step. So last year I was burned and bored. Mm-hmm. And so this year I, I decided to make the change to switch schools and grade levels. I moved from first grade to fifth grade. Mm-hmm. That has helped the boredom. I am not bored anymore. <laughs> I'm very busy. <laughs> um, but I would say in this season of life that I'm in now, then I can struggle with burned and unbalanced and wanting to be the most amazing teacher, but also wanting to keep that within my contract hours mm-hmm. and spending time with my family and honoring that as well as balancing a business. So I'm struggling a little bit with that right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I would definitely relate to the burned and unbalanced for sure. Um, I definitely, I I love to work. I love to work. And I think that's both a blessing and a curse. It is. And I I really have to really align what I'm doing with my core values. Why am I doing this? Does it, is, is it fitting within my work hours? That is something that's very, very important to me that I'm working my contract hours as much as possible. But then also is what I'm doing actually going to produce desirable results. So that I always have to come back to that. And that helps me to really focus my time and energy. Yes. And I think one of the things that I teach 
teachers to start their own tutoring business. And one thing that they will often talk about is they don't want to trade all their time for money. They're already working so much in the classroom. They don't want to tutor a bunch of hours. So we talk about what it looks like to tutor a pod so you can mm-hmm. tutor more kids but get more money. Yeah. What it looks like to start a teacher's pay teacher store so that you can make money while you're sleeping. Right. And then sometimes that that stress you're feeling in the classroom comes from money. And so that having a little bit of extra money that you're making passively from TPT really helps. So I feel like that's worth mentioning because 100% part of my burnout story was like my car wasn't paid off. I was stressed out. I wasn't making the money I wanted to make, you know? Yeah. And we also, I will link in the show notes, the the link to our episode where you talked about your burnout journey and how it led you to, um, to tutorpreneur. Yes, exactly. It's really exciting. And to tutoring for sure. Yeah. All right. So the next question is uh, from understand your teacher brand. That's the you and burned in is understand. So we want to talk about a brand as our um, predictable reactions, the way we talk about life, the, our attitude. It's not based on a one off judgment. It's based on repeated patterns of interactions with people and students and um, everybody in your life. So what adjectives do you want people to use to describe you as a teacher and as a teacherpreneur? So the first one I would say is I want people to know that I love my students and they feel loved while they're learning and they're in a safe place and they know that there's going to be consistent things every day. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to steal yours because I know what yours is, but you can say it too, is that I want my kids to feel joy at school Mm -hmm. because I want to feel joy at school. Yes. I love that word. She told me this earlier, so I stole it from her, but (laughs) I, because if I say fun then that implies that maybe we're not learning, but if I say joy, then it's like, Oh, fun is happening. Yeah. So is joy. Yeah. Fun is fleeting. Yes. Right. But but joy is a consistent effort to find the joy in what it is that you're doing, even whenever it's hard or it might be boring. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's fleeting. It's mm -hmm, ephemeral. mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. So I know you're fine. So I I, that is like my number one core value when it comes to being a teacher. I want to exude joy like I am. And trust me, I'm not like talking about like toxic positivity. No. Like I am, I will embrace the suck. Like I have venting sessions as well. It's hard to be a teacher today and a teacherpreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and both together is also hard. But I also know that my goal is to get back to that joyful place to yeah. find the joy in the journey. And the sure. tiny moments. Like I was yeah. telling Amber this morning that. I didn't, I don't think I even finished what I was telling you, but I had a student yesterday give a genuine compliment to someone when they mm-hmm. didn't think they were, and I almost was in tears. It was so touching to me. And so finding joy like that and mm-hmm. then letting them know out loud, wow, that was just the most amazing thing I've ever heard someone say, you know, and they light up because they are not complimented like that, I think, right. in their everyday lives. And so that's the joy I'm looking forward to. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, so then as a tutorpreneur or teacherpreneur, mm-hmm. how do you want people to describe Trademark. you? <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Yes, it is. <laughs> How do I want people to describe me mm-hmm. as a, as a teacherpreneur? Um, I would say the same, that I love what I'm doing. I love helping other people and um, that I'm finding joy in it. And I embrace the suck because mm-hmm. some days it's not fun to write the blog post. It's not always fun. Mm-hmm. But I know that it leads to a bigger picture and it's going to help people down the road. Yeah, like you, you obviously have to be productive, but you're productive with purpose. Yes. Like your purpose is to help. And like for me, I mean, I built burned in teacher because I burned out over and over and over again. And I could not, and I'm a systems person. Like I'm logistics. Like I want to figure things out and build a system for it. And for me, I wanted like a path. I wanted somebody, I wanted to find somebody that would say, Amber, you're not, you're not a terrible person. You're not a bad teacher. You're having a hard time. Yes. Right. And here, here are the steps you can take. Like really, Really take, like, not just drink more water, which we will talk about in habits, yeah. but, like, here are ways that you can come out of this rut 
and that you can come back to over and over and over again when life is hard. Yes, absolutely. And nobody, I couldn't find anybody to offer that to me. And I, I kind of stumbled into it myself by diving into self-help. So. And isn't that how most businesses, I feel like, are born is through right. a problem and the solution. And you were brave enough to try that. And so yeah. it's like. I think great for your listeners to hear. Yeah. I think it's great for them too, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like maybe your passion is going to be in a business and maybe you just don't know what that is. Right. Exactly. And when I started burden teacher, people would ask me what it is. And I'm like, I don't really know. I just really want to help people to not feel as crummy as I have felt. And same. Mine started out of burnout. I started tutoring kids and then it just blew into this thing where I was helping other teachers do the Mm -hmm. same thing because I could get results for them. Yes. So this is a great transition into the third question, which is from R in Burned In, reflect on your challenges. So reflecting on your challenges, this step is really deep into, of course, like I said, embracing the stuff, paying attention to what's challenging you, but switching your brain from being hardship focused, problem focused, to solution focused. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are your biggest challenges right now this school year? So it's two things. Um, learning fifth grade curriculum, just mm-hmm. being totally a newbie, even though I feel like I'm a veteran teacher. So learning that. Um, but luckily I have a great teammate that's been helping me along the way. Mm-hmm. And then navigating some of these um, attitudes and behaviors of fifth graders that I'm not used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm used to little kids. So right. it's been interesting to see the drama of fifth grade unfold. And that's been a daily thing. Mm-hmm. For me, it's been the behaviors in my kindergarten classroom. Um, I'm seeing behaviors this year that I've never seen before in my 14 years of teaching. It's been extremely eye opening. I've heard of these behaviors happening in other teachers classrooms. And I did not think that I was immune to that happening. It wasn't like I thought I was so good that these kids will never do that to me. It was that I was like, wow, I've never had to face that before. And this year I am having my my world has my worldview has opened as far as how it is that I can handle these in my class, these behaviors in my classroom. And I relate to what she's saying perfectly because I was just in a title building and the behaviors that I was seeing on a daily basis were like we would honestly say sometimes it seems like a mental hospital, like the, yeah. the things that kids are going through does not seem normal at school. The right. things that we're being asked to do for them and help them with mm-hmm. is not what we remember from even 10 years ago. Oh, my gosh. No, yeah. not at all. Not at all. So um, I'm not going to lie, I had a, these last couple of weeks before this recording, I've had a really hard time. Like there have been some per- personal things going on, with my extended family, and um, then, of course, these professional challenges that I'm seeing in my classroom. And it all kind of came together, it came to a head. I've been very honest and open about how much I've been struggling. Um, I did a live in my Facebook community. I even turned it into a podcast um, because I think these conversations and, like, helping people to understand, like, nobody has a perfect teaching life. No, nobody. They can pretend like they do, but they don't. Right. So they're doing something behind the scenes that you don't know about or right. they're covering something up. Yeah. It's been yes. my experience. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I also want to make sure that people understand, like, this hardship is happening. I am embracing it. I'm here in the moment. I'm embracing the suck, but I'm not going to stay here. And I think that's my main purpose of, of the podcast and everything is to understand, like, it's okay for things to suck. Like, that's part of being alive and being on this earth. But we can't stay stuck in this hardship. Like I have, I've gleaned some knowledge. I'm growing from this and I've learned a lot about what true empathy looks like, especially mm-hmm. when it's really hard. So hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the behaviors are driven by something that's right. outside of us sometimes. Right. You have to be it's not about me. Right. Like, and I have to remember that I'm on their team. This yeah. isn't them against me. Love this that. is us together trying to work together. And that's really, I go through this in detail in my podcast episode about it, what I've learned from this and how I'm moving through it. And I'm going to tell you this last week with my students was amazing. Oh, great. We had a great week. Yeah. Yeah. I love when that happens. And I think that that was both of us kind of coming together and there's a whole lot behind that. But okay. So then next question is nurture your habits and strengths. 
So this is all about getting to know yourself better, maybe doing a few personality tests and really getting to know yourself on a deeper level. Because I know for me, before I did some personality tests, the things that I kept having, um, I kept feeling like I was getting in trouble for were actually things that I realized were strengths that I needed to harness. So for you, what habits do you have that keep you going amidst all that there is to do? Because when you know your strengths, you then have to identify, are my daily habits adding to these strengths or are they taking away? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like you, I'm addicted to working as well. Mm-hmm. So I can really fall into that trap of like really being unbalanced. Um, so for sure, working out every day just to have endorphins and feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, mental clarity, yes. having that. And then just my dad always said, like with teaching as a retired teacher, pack a lunch you look forward to every day. Mm-hmm. And I try to keep it healthy. But if I have something in my lunch, like even if it's like a dark chocolate almond that I'm looking forward yes. to, like that gives me so much joy. And I'm like, I can't wait for lunch. And I know my kids are like that too at school. So just having those like little habits that every day I'm doing that kind of stair step to mm-hmm. getting the ultimate goal of like having a success, successful week and getting my stuff done with my business, but also prepping for school. Yeah, absolutely. And the Charles Duhigg calls those keystone habits. Yes. Like they call like compound interest on money, right? Like yes. it's compound interest that you're building in your habits that are helping you to be a better person or a better version of yourself, maybe I should say. Yes, I love keystone habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so true. Like even making your bed is like a keystone habit because you walk into a tidy room later on in the day. Putting your sneakers by the door so that you know you're going to work out yes. instead of talking yourself out of it because you know it's going to be really good for you. It might right. feel like sucky at the time. Yeah. But you know you're going to love it afterwards. Basically setting future you up for success. Yes. It's results you might not see right now in the moment, but you know in the end or in the end of the day or end of the week, like it's going to be good for you. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things that I do that are exactly like you, I exercise almost every single day. 30 minutes is my goal. So whether it's a hard hit workout, strength training, or just a walk with my husband or a daughter or dog, um, I try to be active 30 minutes a day. No excuses. Uh, I drink tons of water every single day. I help, you know, that obviously helps your blood flow. It helps you to have mental clarity, both of those things. I try to eat mostly healthy. We've talked about this. Like our goal with our healthy habits is not to have like a smoking hot body. Yeah. It's to feel good. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I want those endorphins for my mental clarity and how I feel about myself, not about what other people think I look like or think that I think about myself. Right, exactly. And we know that this is setting older versions of ourselves up for success, too. Like, I'm going to be turning 40 in November, and I know that strength training is something that's going to be very, very beneficial for me in the coming years of my life. Right. Yeah. Bone density, all that. Absolutely. And then also one more habit that I need to mention is my weekly planning ritual that I do every Sunday afternoon. I sit down with my paper planner that I just bought this past summer. It has been a game changer in helping me to be very clear on what's happening in my week ahead, both personally and professionally and in my business. I love that you said that because in school I was finding that my new team, they don't, they all get along, but they don't plan together. Mm -hmm. And so I just reached out to one team member and asked if I could start planning with him every week. Mm -hmm. And so that's really setting future me up for success because I know what I'm doing on Friday morning. We plan. So I know the week ahead, I don't have to worry about it over the weekend. And Sunday scaries are non-existent. Oh, I don't have those. I never worry about Monday or or anything. Even if I, even if I, I mean, my goal by the time Thursday school is over on Thursday, my goal is to have at least Monday and Tuesday planned. 
Wow. And if that's not done by, by Friday, I at least have my Monday plans. Like I took a personal day a couple of weeks ago, so I didn't have that Friday to solidify my plans. So I did have to spend some time on Sunday um, during my weekly planning ritual time, just getting Monday ready. Like that was just my goal. And I had most of it ready, but it wasn't all completely ready. And that is my goal to know exactly what I'm doing my entire day. Um, And I had, I, I never have trouble. I mean, I sometimes have trouble sleeping, but it's, my anxiety as a whole, it's not anxiety as a yeah. teacher, Ditto. you know, and it's not every week, you know, week in, week out. It's oh, just, we've both been there, so yes. we know the difference, like what it feels like to be more balanced and then not have the scaries anymore. Exactly. It's so nice to not have them. It is. It, it's very, very beneficial. All right, so we're going to go into the next one. Um, the next question is from E, extend your reach and possibilities. So going back to reflecting on your challenges, it's really important that you switch from problem focus to solution focus. And the fact is, is I don't know the answers. You don't know the answer, answers, but there are people out there in podcasts, in the podcast world, YouTube, um, there's books, there's there's people on Instagram. There are people who know more than us. Mm-hmm. And so extending your reach and possibilities is making the time to learn and to use that challenge as an opportunity for growth rather than a way to victimize yourself and stay stuck. Yes. So the question is, what podcasts, books, YouTube videos do you listen to for inspiration? And who do you follow on social media uh, who inspires you? Mm-hmm. So I love the Minimalist podcast. Mm-hmm. They helped me when I was really burnt out. If you go back and listen to that episode that Amber was talking about, you'll kind of hear that story. And they helped me with, like, my personal life even, just kind of, like, clearing out the clutter, the emotional clutter. My husband was already minimalistic, so it helped me align with him a lot more. So our values kind of, like, even you know, increased because he's a big fan of having a clear space. And so that's really helped me as a teacher and my business life in so many ways. I can't recommend them enough. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as like books, I love self-help books. I'm a self-help junkie. Same. I could tell so many, but um, if you ever want a personal recommendation, send me a DM. Um, And then uh, people that I follow, they have to be funny and they have to be real. So I love our mutual friend, Alexis Shepard. Hey, Alexis. Hey. <laughs> uh, the Afro educator. She's hilarious. And then um, Naomi Meredith, also so funny. And she gives really great tips and she helps STEM teachers. So I just love that they have their own niche, but they're helping people. They make you laugh and they keep it real. Yeah. And you recommended the Minimalist podcast to me as I drove here to visit you at an eight hour drive. And I, I knew who they were. I've seen their documentaries, but their podcast was right up my alley. Like there were things that they were saying that I was like, yes, this is exactly what, this is the kind of inspiration that I love to listen to. Um, I also have some podcasts that I love to listen to. Um, uh, the CEO teacher podcast with Casey Morris. I had her on the podcast before. She has really great advice. Jamie Sears. We both, uh, the not so wimpy entrepreneur. And of course, our friend Alexis, like we, we also Marco Polo, but we just, we find people intentionally out there who are helping to solve a problem that we have Yes, all the time. And of course you have your YouTube video. I have my podcast. Like that's our goal is to inspire people and help to move people forward when they're stuck in a certain rut. Yeah, we spend a lot of time making content to help people, mm-hmm. and so it's out there for you to find, and you're probably going to get the help you need if you find it from us or other yeah. people like us. You know? Yeah, and we actually have an example of how she and I have helped to extend each other's reach and possibilities. So we Marco Polo all the time. If you've not ever heard of this app, you totally need to get it because mm-hmm. it, you can connect virtually. Um, it's like a virtual walkie-talkie that's on, in video form. Okay, so one day she was talking about that challenge of the curriculum and the planning and things like that. And she said, she said, I think I'm going to have to end up getting one of those cards, <laughs> you know, the 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 per, like the the, the proverbial 
teacher fun. cart, right? With like the, the handle. Uh-huh. Like the, the wheels. <laughs> yeah, you pull it up, pull it down. And she marked me this. And as she was talking, I was like, no, girl, absolutely not. Yeah. So I marked you back and I was, and I of course was a lot more kind in the way that I delivered it, but I was like, I really believe that you should rethink getting this card. Yes. And that's because, exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. Sorry, because. Yeah. I mean. I don't need to spend all my weekend hours prepping mm-hmm. and taking home giant books, teacher manuals. And I do remember saying something along the lines of just because you take it home, does that mean that you're actually going to do it? And I, and honestly, no, like yeah. it, it'll just, and then it will torture me that it's there and that I, I'll punish myself that I didn't work on it. And I don't need to, I'm at a point where I don't need to. I don't know what narrative I got stuck in my head that I needed that thing, mm-hmm. but I'm so glad she told me that. Yeah. Yeah. And I have those moments with you too, where I can, and extending your reach and possibilities is also just reaching out for help from anybody. It doesn't have to be a podcaster or a YouTuber. It can be a teacher down the hall who's leaving at their contract hours. And instead of judging them, you're saying, yeah. how are you doing that? Yes, instead of judging them, I'm mm-hmm. so glad you said that because mm-hmm. I leave on time, but I get there early, and, and people don't see that, and right. I don't care anymore. Right. They're not in my room. They're not doing my job. Right. So it's about really letting go of judgment yes. of yourself and that shame of, like, not having it figured out. Like, you don't have to do this by yourself. No, you don't. There are people out there that are going to be willing to help you, and they could have, they could start as perfect strangers and end up one of your best friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they could. All right. We're going to move on to the next question, and that is from D, determine your long-term goals. We always want to be moving forward. And these goals don't have to be to climb Mount Everest or to run a marathon, like unless that's really what you want to do. These can be any goals that are helping you to move forward and to do big things in your life, whatever that means to you. Okay. So what goals do you have for yourself as a teacher? And then part two, what goals do you have for yourself as a teacherpreneur? So goals as a teacher, I, I would personally like to make it to the 20 year mark. Um, I, can see myself like retiring a little bit early. I started teaching when I was 27, so you can do the math on all that, but um, I could see myself making it to, and I hate to say making it, but I want to get to that landmark mm-hmm. year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband will be able to retire before me and we just want to do things like travel and I can see myself doing other things and it's not because of not loving teaching, it's just wanting more freedom. Yeah. And so that's two pronged with my business goals is I have numbers in mind that I would like to hit on a monthly basis so that I could do things and have a little bit more freedom that Mm -hmm. teaching doesn't always give you. My husband has six or seven weeks off every year with his job and I can only take certain times off. So it's, I mean, it's kind of those things that are the more glamorous side, but Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's where I'm headed. Yeah. And I think I'm right with you with the 20 year mark. I guess I had never really put like a, a total determined amount of time that I want to be in education, but I've said recently, like, Five to seven at least. Mm-hmm. But if I go all the way, you know, even going six more years is 20 years for me. So I'm in year 14. Right. So, um, yeah, my goal is to retire a teacher. I, I don't have a desire to be an administrator in any no. capacity. Um, and then the teacherpreneur side, like you and I talk about our monetary goals as well. And that's not in a like a selfish, like money mongering kind of way. It's like when we're able to make this much money, we're going to be able to hire more help. Yes. impact more people and get uh, get what we do, our services out there in front of more people so that they know that there's hope for them. Yes. And that's part of like what we were talking about with the minimalist is that mm-hmm. I'm not trying to have more things. I'm trying to help more people. Exactly. And more money usually means you can hire more people and impact more lives, just like you said. Yeah. And you and I are both on the same page when it comes to like, I don't want to, in fact, I want a smaller house. 
Yeah. I want a smaller house with a bit of a bigger kitchen. Like we just talked about this last night. Um, I don't want more things. I don't want, I would not buy a fancier car. I would not buy a bigger home. I wouldn't, I, I really don't think in those terms. I think about the experiences that I'm going to be able to offer our daughters. Um, my husband and I, you know, our daughters are older, so we're close to being empty nesters, um, experiencing the world, but also the experiences that I can offer to other teachers in the future mm-hmm. with a bigger income. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Agree with that. Okay, so as um, uh, as we move through this process, the next step is I initiate lasting change. So this is like we have those long-term goals, but how are we breaking those goals down into manageable tasks and steps, mm-hmm. monthly, weekly, and daily? So I is initiate lasting change. What are you doing monthly, weekly, and daily to keep yourself motivated and focused on your goals? So we talked a little bit about Asana mm-hmm. and a few people that work for me as well. So that really helps because I have to have tasks ready for them mm-hmm. so that they can do their job. And so having a big picture, no planning things out ahead of time, same goes with teaching. So it's just all about planning for me mm-hmm. and just knowing what my end goal is. If, if my kids are working on a project, then I need to have this, this, and this plan. If I'm trying to get this many videos done, I need to have X, Y, and Z done. And I plan it out. 100%. Absolutely. I think it's giving yourself the time and the space to dream big, but then plan for how you're going to get there. Yes. And, you know, um, oh my gosh, sorry. Um, why can't I think of his name? Robbins. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, yeah. Tony Robbins says, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Yeah. And I, I believe that so deeply because, you know, we can talk about all the things we want to do, but if we put no action behind it, or if we can even go deeper to that, we can say the way that we want to feel, mm-hmm. but then to put no action behind that, we're just wishing. We're just wishing oh, yeah. our life away. So this is all about, like, how are you actually putting those things into your calendar, which is what I do on Sundays. I really evaluate what is my goal here, what is my highest priority, how am I going to get to this thing or yes. this this feeling or this goalpost that I that I have. Yes, and I, I like that you said highest priority because I think people struggle with that, getting stuck in the weeds. Yeah. And they don't really know what's going to move the goalpost forward until you really figure that out. It makes everything hard. Right. Totally true. All right. Next step is N, never settle. So this is like the biggest, like, it obviously is the last step, but it really is the biggest helpful step in understanding, like, what the burn-in process really is. The burn-in process is not linear. You don't have your life all together. Nothing's perfect just because you finished the process. It's actually cyclical. So what is your plan for when things go wrong or just don't go the way that you planned? So I used to really struggle with this. If things didn't go just the way I wanted to, I would feel like my whole day is ruined and I would make other people miserable. Mm, so I really, same. <laughs> I would guilty. Have, yeah, guilty. Um, my mom actually had a few, quite a few talks with me about that. And I really started to see, and getting married really helped with that too, mm, because mm-hmm. you can't be selfish anymore. Right. And if you are, then it's like, oh, it's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really helped me over time um, to like kind of get to where I need to be because if I'm always stuck and then well it didn't go the way that I wanted it to mm-hmm. then I feel like I'm a negative Nancy and nobody's going to want to be around me so and to add on to that like because I am totally guilty of this in the past and sometimes I still go to that place because I have built a habit over my entire life of 39 years on this earth like built a habit well maybe not 39 years I'm going to say like 33 years it was a big habit of mine to fall victim mm. to make myself the victim in these challenges or problems or issues that I, I reflect now that I was a part of creating that yes. that problem. And like I, I have to take ownership of that. And I think that that was a really big step in me realizing that 
I get to choose if I want to victimize myself in this in this hardship and this challenge or if I'm going to use it as a learning opportunity and move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you said that because, yeah, I had to move on from that instead of looking at it negatively, like what can I grow from this? What mm-hmm. can I learn? And then move on. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, this is interesting, too, because going back to the Minimalist podcast, when I was listening to it, they were talking about outgrowing. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of using, you know, challenge as an opportunity to grow, because I think especially if you're like burned and bored or burned and over it, you may have outgrown a certain situation and you're ready to move on to a different, like you said, like a different grade level, maybe a different district or a different building. Like I have seen the power in moving to a different grade level just down the hall. Oh, yeah. So using these these challenges as an opportunity to really think about what your core values are where the misalignment is and what your next step is going forward rather than just staying like, oh, this is just, this is what I heard about teaching. This is it for me. Right. Yeah. So the next thing that you would do then is begin where you are again. When a big or small hardship happens, think about, okay, how long have I been feeling this way? What has been the trigger for me feeling these feelings? Where And what is my next step after that? How would somebody with the brand that I want to have going to understand your future brand how would somebody with the brand that I want, enjoyable, loving, caring, how would somebody who wants to leave that legacy, how would they handle this challenge? And then you just keep going through the yeah. steps. Yeah. So are you asking me that though? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying like, that's, that's oh, yeah, what you yeah. would do going on in, into the future. Definitely. So one thing that Molly and I want to make very, very clear, because like we alluded to earlier, like people ask us, how do you do it all? And our answer is. We don't. We don't. (laughs) We hire people. We hire people. And it's not, we don't have full-time employees. Like, that is not at all. Like, don't be disillusioned here. No, right? We're not bougie like that. (laughs) Maybe not yet. Yeah. (laughs) But we have people who we have little by little brought into our teams that even do the smallest things for us that take, give us that freedom of time to focus on other things. Yes. So like we have somebody who like we we actually share people yeah. like we we've hired really good people to be part of our teams and we're like they're awesome at this you should hire them too we've done that with several people yes definitely so like balancing our books oh yeah I forgot about that mm-hmm. yeah we have a bookkeeper yeah um, we have someone that helps us make products and and different things for TPT we yeah. both are I'm gonna be working with someone named Janice to help me with Asana you already worked with Janice yes and I recommended her because she is one big reason that I'm able to do all the things like she helped me to set up my my work life in um in burn and teacher she helped me to get it all out on this project management system called Asana where I was really stuck on Trello and thinking that was the simplest way. And it was for a while, but I outgrew it and I was ready for that next step. And Janice really helped me to see that. And I'm able to communicate with my team much better now. And I'm using Asana, but I'm not using it to its full capacity. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot to learn. So that's why I wanted to work with her as well. Yeah. And then I can't talk enough about my integrator, Sarah. She was one of my very first burned in teacher students. And I just saw so much passion in her for for helping herself, but also helping other teachers. And so I brought her on the team a couple of years ago, and she's amazing. I couldn't do this job without her. I have my own version of that, which is Florida's. And mm-hmm. I started off with Pinterest with her, and then she's turned into so much more. And I, yeah, I can't imagine my business. Without yeah, and her. it's just a couple hours a week, right? But that frees up time for us to work on other things as well. 
It does. I think people get like kind of uh, starry eyed when you say you have either an integrator or a virtual assistant, mm-hmm. but really like it's worth the money. It and is. Let's say you only are making $200 a month. What if you could take 100 of that and repurpose it back into someone that can help you get things done? Same goes, if, even if you're not an entrepreneur, let's say you're a busy mom and you're teaching. What if you could pay someone to come do your laundry every week? Yes. Or just clean, clean, clean toilets or clean your house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you can find the money somewhere, like you could sell something in your house and then we'll talk about that all the time, mm-hmm. selling things. What if you did that? What would that do for your life and your stress level? Yeah, like just imagine the possibilities. Like look at where your struggle is, really taking time to pause and really think about how can I grow from this challenge and how can I do something like eliminate? How can I eliminate some of the things that I'm doing? Like doesn't need to be done or delegate. It doesn't have to be done by me. Or simplify. How could this be easier? How could this be simpler? Like, you and I go through that all the time. Like, how, what if this was easy? And that comes from several steps, like, within the Vernon teacher process that that I use daily when I feel like, oh, my gosh, I don't even know where to start. There's so much to do. Like, really thinking through that process is so helpful. Yes, absolutely. So, Molly, just to be sure and clear, why don't you tell people where they can find you if they've not heard our episode before? Sure. So my handle on Instagram and TikTok is at Molly A, so the letter A, and then Wheatley with L-E-Y at the end. Mm -hmm. And I'm really active on Instagram, so you can send me a DM. I love chatting with people in the DMs. Um, And I'm I'm on TikTok, too, but there's not a DM feature quite Mm -mm. yet. So, yeah, you can message me on Instagram. But I have YouTube as well, so find me there. Yes, awesome. And this episode is going to air as a YouTube video on my channel, youtube.com slash burnedinteacher. And yours is, you have two YouTube channels. I do. Molly Wheatley is where I talk about tutoring, um, owning a tutoring business, as well as Teachers Pay Teachers. And then Literacy Fundamentals is where I help teachers streamline their literacy blocks so they can spend more time teaching, less time prepping. And we'll have all of this information in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for joining us. We are so happy that we got to do this interview live side by side. It's been so much fun. So fun. And we just appreciate you listening or watching. And if you have any questions, you can also DM me at Burned In Teacher and email me at support at burnedinteacher.com. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining. Burn on. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of Burned In Teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on.